the science show on RN. Yes, science is out of the box, so much so that there are careers for some to travel widely and encourage societies to mix science with the arts and culture in general. That's what Danielle Olson does. She was once at Fort Street School in Sydney, astonished everybody by applying to Cambridge, got in and then did brilliantly. Now she's at the Wellcome Foundation in London, investigating plagues in cities and mental health all over. By the way, who do you think heads the Wellcome Foundation? How's Julia Gillard? <laughs> Julia Gillard is wonderful. I don't spend a huge amount of time with her, but I did have one very good, rewarding conversation recently, so it's wonderful to have her. I wonder how many Australians realise that the former Prime Minister and the first woman to be a Prime Minister is actually heading such a wonderful, not simply scientific, but um, cultural body. The ones I know, know, because I've shared this news, but yeah, I'm not sure. We have Julia. There's, there's two Australians, actually, at the helm. We have Julia Gillard, currently Chair of the Board of Governors, and then we have Paul Schreier, who's the acting CEO. Your international work, putting people together, in what way? How do you deal with that? Well, I'm always most interested in really good ideas and building bridges between different people. So I do my best to understand the cultural specificity of these power hierarchies and then ensure that any kind of conversation that ensues is inclusive of people across all levels, between power hierarchy levels, but also between art and science or between the local and the global, or between the emotional and the rational. And the cultural piece is a very helpful way to cut across mm. all sorts of different divisions and scales. And science is a particularly powerful approach to thinking through. Yeah, they work together. They're used to it. Yeah, they work. <laughs> exactly. Where have you tried it? Which parts of the world? It tends to be quite city-based. So I've worked in Berlin, uh, where Welcome has a Germany office, in New York, where a particular form of international conversations take place, in Bangalore, India, in Tokyo, and a few, probably about 10 years ago, had the real privilege of setting up artist residencies in what at the time were called Africa and Asia programs. I set up artist residencies in collaboration with the research centres in Thailand, Malawi, Kenya, South Africa, it's a huge range. <laughs> and also at the Sanger. I've, I've also set up a residency at the Sanger where they mapped the human genome. The Sanger Institute where they mapped, as you said, the human genome. Fred Sanger, who got two Nobel Prizes. That's right. Uh, <laughs> One of the most <laughs> modest people you could ever meet, and yet he's a megastar. I think modesty and humility are really important in science. And one of the people, I don't know if this is relevant to your line of questions, but one of the people that I've most enjoyed thinking with recently is Hans Rosling, who's no longer alive, but he wrote a book called Factfulness, which some people might be familiar with. And he had a good sense of humour and some humility. And his memoir recently came out, posthumously it's called how I came to understand the world and that has been a brilliant help for me in thinking through how clinical and research and political and human dimensions must all come together to address the challenges that we're currently facing in the world. It was really good at reminding us about what we don't know and I think science is all about what we don't know and asking better questions and sometimes that gets forgotten in the current climate where 
people seem to want to do battle with each other about how much they know and how much people garner evidence basis to support whatever it is that their direction of travel they're wanting to go in but actually science at core is about asking better questions and paying great attention to detail and And doing that does not really undermine the real science that is established and professor jagadish who's the president of the australian academy of science says this is the thing asking more questions does not mean what you've got already should be abandoned because you're saying it's uncertain. Not at all. And actually asking more and better questions is incredibly helpful in terms of thinking about the direction of travel that we all might like to take together. There is a huge amount of work, though, to be done in opening up this space to others who may speak about science in a different way. So being understanding of all different forms of knowledge, and that is something that's happening more and more at Welcome as well as an acknowledgement of the importance and value of bringing lived experience into any set of conversations Mm. about knowledge, about what we know. There's also lots of things that are missing from particular methodologies that Mm. exist. Mm. That's also a sort of Hans Rosling turf. Another person I'd like to mention in terms of an inspiring place to think with not so publicly known is Max Rosa, who set up Our World in Data. He's actually an economist by training, I believe, but he and a large team of other people, including someone called Hannah Ritchie, who just wrote a book mm. called Not the End of the World. Mm. I find that a really exciting space to think with in terms of what research we have, what do we know, what don't we know, and the hopefulness of that, and that Hans and Max would also would both speak of themselves as being possibilists rather than optimists about our current That's an interesting difference, isn't it? It's a big difference. I think in the Hans Rosling way of speaking, the planet is a bit like a baby in an intensive care unit, which is not a great... You don't want a baby in an intensive care unit, but actually the baby in an intensive care unit, there's still a lot that we can do, right? So that's what I hold on to with climate crisis is there's a huge amount that can still be done. And the welcome work is about bringing health into the heart of climate action. So building bridges, in this case, between health research and climate research and really supporting collaboration across those two spheres. Now, of those various events that you've managed, give me a a picture of the subject of your favourite one. One was called Contagious Cities, and it was all about epidemic preparedness, but it happened before the pandemic. The most recent was called Mindscapes, and it was about mental health. And in each case, the projects are about supporting more culturally relevant conversations about science. So... Each place begins with artist residencies. Having an artist residency in each case was a very powerful way of opening up a community of practice and enabling a group of fellow inquirers to journey with us. What kind of artists? Painters? Novelists? Uh, Kada Atia was the artist in residence in Berlin and he has spent decades working on repair. His work turns into films or installations, experiences. And we together ended up creating an exhibition at Gropiusbau in Berlin, which was called Yoyi, Care, Repair, Heal. And it brought a lot of different perspectives into conversations about health and well-being. Of course, way back when you first joined Welcome, that's the sort of thing you did because they've got such huge collections and you put them on display so that a story could be told walking around the room, the hall. Give an example of the ways in which you got those ideas current. So I had the privilege of working with Wellcome's collections, which are vast and enormous, five times the size of the Louvre, was the collection that Henry Wellcome put together. The the Louvre in Paris. Paris. (laughs) Yes. But what I was interested in was that each object in that collection had a multiplicity of stories to tell. So in the exhibition that I curated, the first thing that you came to were six objects, and each object 
I looked for three very different stories, the personal, the expert, and the more artistic. So there were very different interpretations. So I think each object, there's a multiplicity of perspectives which connects back with this idea that the individual lived experience matters just as much as our world of sort of big data. And somehow going forwards, it's going to be important in science to hold on to both of those at once. So the individual lived experience and this sort of big data set. So in a way, that's what I was doing in the exhibitions. And what does the public say when they walk into the room and say all those things, you know, juxtaposed in a rather challenging and almost puzzling way? That one, people were delighted by the poetry of it, I think, actually, and the invitation to join in and look in different ways. We were not telling people things. We were inviting people in to encourage them to ask better questions themselves. What next for you? What's your next project? My next project doesn't have a name yet, but it will be related to climate and health. I will be going to New York for the UN General Assembly, where there is an SDG pavilion being created, this extraordinary space that will be reminding us that we are halfway through the Sustainable Development Goals, the timeline, and garnering more optimism and possibility around what we need to be doing in the future. I will be also going to Climate Week in New York, which happens once a year. It's a week where lots of people come together to accelerate climate action. Uh, I have very little experience of it. I'm deeply looking forward to building bridges between research, culture and business in this space with the City University of New York, with New York Public Library. A lot of the work that I do is place-based and site-specific and attempting to build bridges between community grassroots and international level governments, which is another stretch. But I'm in the very early stages, seedling stages of developing this cultural program. It will involve artists, it will involve scientists, policymakers. It will look to effect some change in the climate and health space. Danielle Olson at the Wellcome Foundation in London. And I wonder whether she imagined she'd be doing such international, wide-ranging work when she was doing her science degree way back.